trick, trick, trick. We've been tricked. It's a trick. Trick, we've been tricked. Trick, then they're thinking we need that, we need this. Trick, then they're thinking since we rap, we get rich. Trick, trick, my nigga, it's a trick. Trick, trick, it's a trick, we've been tricked. And they're thinking that the art is a pie to be split. My nigga, that's a farce, it's a lie, we've been tricked. If you can name a record label guy taking risks, then I can name a misdirected guy that's been tricked. Trick, this is why I don't fuck with them. Only thing they taking is your publishing. Watch you make mistakes in the court of public sin. Got you concentrating on hitting the club, getting spins. Balling off of your budget, that's at your expense. Your A&R spending five, they deducting ten. Trick, 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 we've been tricked. Trick, it's a trick. My nigga, it's a trick. Trick in the thinking we need them to exist. Trick in the thinking that my sister is a bitch. Thinking I can kiss these random bitches on the lips. Thinking that my health is not an issue till I'm sick. Forever having issues with my brother, that's a trick. Because we Crips and Bloods, we kill each other, that's a trick. Think because you do crime that you cannot fall victim. Think you can drink and drive, not end up in car collision. From day one at the hospital, they target our children. Say they gon' immunize them, they somehow get autism. Incriminate myself on record, speaking on my life. Expect to receive blessings out here cheating on my wife. Trick, trick, it's a trick, we've been tricked. Trick, trick, my nigga, you've been tricked. The owners of them prisons are magicians, that's a trick. Voila, disappearing in the system, that's a trick. Trick, trick, my nigga, we've been tricked. Trick, trick, my nigga, that's a trick. The pen is a black magic hat, that's a trick. Pull your rabbit ass out and put you back, that's a trick. Thinking it's a rite of passage for a black male. Ain't no real nigga till you enter that jail. It's a trick, it's a spell. You're bewitched, it's a L. You're bigger than that prison like Mandela in the cell. Made you fall in love with sitting in a prison room. Then swept you under the rug with the wicked witch's broom. What about your son sitting in your bitch's womb? Without you, he's a thug. Prison business just resumes. Trick, trick. My nigga, it's a trick. Trick, trick. We've been tricked, it's a trick. Them 360 deals got them living in your pockets. Now everything you gross is hitting different than your profits. Thinking you the man cause you made a million dollars. They wave a magic wand, Uncle Sam fill his wallets. Trick, trick, my nigga, you've been tricked. Trick, trick, it's a trick, we've been tricked. Trick, trick, my nigga, you've been tricked. Trick, trick, my nigga, you've been tricked. Then the thinking your amendments really matter. The right to bear arms was only made for Grizzly Adams. Trick, trick, my nigga, you been tricked. Trick, trick, we been tricked. It's a trick. Thinking your degree will have everything protected. A ghetto sounding name got your resume rejected. And politicians lie, got they clever ways perfected. Cause puppet masters still control whoever they elected. Trick. My nigga, we've been tricked. I never asked him. I didn't know. I didn't know they injected shit in me. Black people don't need no shots for that. And g'day, welcome to episode number sixty-three of the Average Man Podcast. Tricked.
There's my man Royce to five nine bringing us in there with his new track off his um off his new album Allegory. Pretty cool track, man. I like the I like the beat. I like the real straightforward, simple uh, execution of lyrics. So you can hear everything he's talking about. He's got a real good message to uh, get across there. Um, and yeah, also featuring King Crooked on that one. And I agree with pretty much everything they're saying, except for the weird little bit where he talks about. Um, kids are getting vaccinated and then they get autism. I think he needs to um, maybe stay in his lane a little bit on that one and leave the research to the professionals. But apart from that, pretty pretty dope track, man. Um, so what else we got going on, man? Um, yeah, I guess I should do a few shout-outs. Shout-outs go, as always, to... Let me get my little bat over here. Um, captured by Carlos, a local photographer in town. Been on the podcast a few times, and he's doing always doing some uh, work around town um, with his with his uh, with his photography um, company there business. He does little video edits and drone photos, and he does landscape pictures, and he's doing some family portraits and shit like that as, that as well, as well as some sort of commercial type um, gigs he's done some for, for like a couple of um, businesses around town and around the Pilbara. Shout outs as well as always to PCC Productions. Big shout out to Brad for letting me use the studio last week to record um, last week's episode with Jared Goyne. That was solid, man. Really, really appreciate it. Sometimes it's with I'm doing a, a, an interview. It's hard up for somewhere for me to yeah, to, to, to get a space to do the, the um, recording in. So that was really cool to get to um, use the spot last week. Appreciate that, man. Um, shout out, as always, to Ironworks Gym, Pilbara Adventure Riders. Um, got Life and Soul. Uh, who else have we had on here, man? Uh, Nathan Grock. Um, yeah, man, anyone who's been on here and who's supported me and is listening, uh, Natasha Brady of Telling Designs as well, you know, helped me with the logo setup and everything. Who's now set up down in Mandra doing some really big things down there. But uh, yeah, just shout out to everyone who helps me out on here and, and um, yeah, big, big shout out to local business as well. Uh, let's get into it, man. It is Monday the 2nd, Monday the 2nd of March. March so we're obviously just coming off Labor Day weekend, a uh, long weekend at the moment. And, um, yeah, man, I haven't really done much. Had a pretty chilled one. Like, work's been pretty kind of crazy lately. A lot of, like, big days. Um, a lot going on. Recently, sort of had a promotion at work and I've taken on more responsibility. And and because we're, you know, in the Pilbara, sometimes the workforce isn't as large as you'd like it, so I'm still pretty f- fairly fairly hands-on as in full-time hands-on and doing my other role as well so pretty pretty flat out at work which is good I enjoy it the weeks are flying by and I'm getting a lot of job satisfaction you know but it just flogs me man in the heat and big days and short breaks and um, pumping the mind at the same time so there's a lot going on there so it comes to the weekends and I've kind of just been um, yeah really just trying to relax a bit and get, catch up on sleep and some rest time in the, inside in the aircon hanging out with the kids I mean, got the tinny out last weekend, got the tinny out today as well, but just keep having fucking troubles with it, man. Um, like, it's been taking on water, and then we were having problems with the, the, the motor, and I put it in for a service, and we got it back, and then we were having problems with the fuel filter, and then it's getting air into the line, keeps sucking air in and stalling out while we're out. So I haven't been able to get it out of Finney Harbour lately. You know, I just keep pulling into some of the local creeks there and testing it out and seeing how we go, because I don't want to get caught up high and dry. You know, out in one of the other creek systems, and lucky I didn't go out because yeah, we had trumpets again today. So I've actually dropped him back at Wally's shop, um, GT diving there across from the boat ramp, um, and told him what's going on, and, and he's going to have a look at it and, and try and find those the weak spots in the hull where it's still taking on water and weld that up. And 
Um, yeah, figure out whatever's going on with the fuel system on board. So it'd be good to actually take that tinny out so and drop it in the water and just be able to go fucking fish and not worry about all the dramas. Um, so looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, man, just been relaxing on the weekends, which you know I do find hard to do sometimes. I try and mix in a little bit of socialising. We went across the road to the neighbour's house Saturday night for some nachos and a few drinks and a spa. The kids loved that. And then, you know, just had a full blown relaxed movie day yesterday which was cool man um hanging out with the kids on the couch watched uh guardians of the galaxy we actually watched number one i think on the saturday arvo and then watched number two on the sunday morning my boy was absolutely loving it um heidi was loving it too but she's a little bit younger she kind of just along for the ride but shady's fully into it they're both pretty excited about group they're, um, they're good movies, man, and really well done. Like uh, As far as the whole Marvel universe goes, I haven't followed that all the way down the rabbit hole. I love me some superhero uh, comics back in the day, and I, I, I like, you know, I'm a big Wolverine fan, and I love the Spider-Man movies. The Iron Man's were pretty cool too, but they're just, there's so much of them, man, and they're so intense, like... I don't know, there's a lot of moving parts, and they seem to have just pumped so many movies out. I'm really not invested in... Uh, in that whole world at the moment uh, and it's a bit too old for my kids anyway so it's not, I'm not going to sit there on my own and watch fucking comic book movies I'm a 36 year old man damn it um, but you know to watch that shit with your kids is pretty cool and, and Guardians of the Galaxy was it's a good fun one man cool action real more, more of an adventure kind of feel to it rather than a comic book movie and um, you know, kids were, kids were loving that one, so we, we sat back and nailed those ones this weekend. And I think Frozen Two is sort of on repeat at my house now as well. That came out on um, our Apple on iTunes last week, so I downloaded that one. And my daughter's a massive Frozen fan, as you can imagine. Um, so she's been pumping that out. That's been sort of on repeat at our house lately, which is cool, man. I'm just, as I said, enjoying having some quiet time at home with the kids and everything and trying to recover on these frigging weekends so I can get back in it for the, the big days. Um, I mentioned just before that uh, I dropped the boat off at Wally's, um, GT Diving, over in um, near the boat ramp there, and, and I had a chat to him and said I was... I'd come in soon and get my diving gear all serviced and up to date when all the rubbers changed over I need a new spear for one of my guns and a few bits and pieces and said that I'm really waiting for the water to clear up because that's on my list to get back into diving this year that's why one of the main reasons I want to get that tinny going and reliable so I can go out behind Weedy and out the front of Turner and do a few little dive missions this year and he sort of said yeah make sure you join the, the, the dive club then and, which I will when I get my gear service and the weather clears up and I actually get a couple of little missions under my belt I will join that dive club and give myself a bit of um, yeah, a bit of accountability because you know it kind of can take some of the work out of it if other people are organising diving missions and you get a little <sighs> bit of a um, community around you keep you honest keep you uh, excited and, and into it so I'm, I'm pretty much keen on, on joining that club I know there's a few clubs, and I know that I've um, got mates in shafted spearfishing and shit like that as well. Uh, but I've got another mate who lives just around the corner for me who's in, who's in Wally's um, spearfishing club. So I think they've got some pretty good organisation. So I'm keen to jump in there and check that out and see if they can make I can go along for the ride a little bit and have the hard work of the decisions taken out of that one for me and just get underwater and shoot some fish, man. Um, but what made me think about... You know, there's a few things that made me think about this lately. Is like we've obviously got this buyback scheme going on 
in the west end of Port Hedland, you know, BHP buying back residential properties and you know, they're still working out all the details at the moment, but uh, it's fairly well uh, accepted across the board that it's inevitable and it's going to happen at some stage and it's really just what kind of deal that, that they can nut out between BHP and, and the residents. And as far as I understand it, it's, it's only for the residential buildings, for the residential um, properties. So I'm not, I'm not sure if there's an option for businesses to, to buy, to, to sell their properties as well. As far as, I'm, as far as I know, there's not. So I, I just wonder what's going to happen to a lot of those businesses down that, that end of town. I suppose a lot of them uh, just rent the spaces anyway, but you do have pubs and, you know, um, there's obviously the pier, the Esplanade, the hotel there. Um, you've got Dome, I'm pretty sure they own that one. And there's a bunch of little businesses, heaps of the real estates down there. So I suppose the, the, the smaller businesses, Beards and Shears, and some of the hair salons down there, and there's some accounting firms, there's dentists. They could probably stay down there. Um, and and if, if not, it's probably not too hard. Maybe for the dentist it probably is, but for some of those crews it's probably not too hard to just move and rent space somewhere else, hopefully in port, not over, all over the south. Um, that's the other big thing. If businesses do start leaving that district, do they leave Port Headland and go to South and then leave nothing for us residents over this side of town where we've got to drive across, you know, across the bridge for every little um, service? Or do they stay in Port and start, you know, I don't know, would they start filling up uh, over in, I don't know, where, where would you go? Up near Woolies there, over in Pretty Pool? Like, so I guess I'm, th- I'm, I'm just wondering what happens to the shops and all the, the commercial industry in this side of town. Does it just stay there in, in a bit of a... a, a industrial sort of area or do they start shutting shop and and surely it's going to affect their business in some way or another you know like imagine heading down to the the esplanade on a friday night and it's just just ghost town all the way in there's just no one else there's no lights on there's nothing else no one living there all those daytime businesses are all closed it's just dark it's gonna be just shit house it'll be shit around there um you know, and then they've got the marina that they're building, which is, I guess, that's still classed as West End. I think West End starts not far, not not much further than Cemetery Beach, I, th- I believe, from those streets uh, onwards. So I, I used to kind of think that the West End was sort of Howe Street, where Kings Mill Street starts. It goes along the, the, the beachfront, but I think it's a bit further back than that. So, you know, what happens with this new marina that's apparently been approved for, for, for construction, that that's going ahead, which is a lot of money, and it's like you're developing that part of town, and then they're pulling all the residents out. So, I don't know. I don't know who has the, the answers and who knows the details, but it's all going to be quite weird. But the bigger businesses will probably survive, even though it'll be a weird vibe, but the smaller businesses, it's going to really, they're going to really struggle. Um, you know, and it's hard enough for some of these businesses as it is, especially... Uh, Bloody, the liquor store imagine being a locally owned liquor store at the moment which is I mean there's some good news um, for, for the, yeah, the liquor industry in town and for residents too I guess uh, unless you're against it uh, I think we mentioned it last week on the podcast but we're looking at starting the, I'm pretty sure that it's going ahead from what I've what I can gather from the people I've spoken to who know what they're talking about but there's going to be a register starting up in town which I've harped on about on the podcast you know previously as well um, and they do it up in Darwin um, I think they might do one in Kununurra uh, 
or Derby, not sure, somewhere. There's one of the spot, one of the towns in the Kimberleys, I believe, that they do this in already. And um, effectively, you would swap your license, uh, and then if you had any alcohol-related offences, charges, and they would not be pre-existing as far as I understand, but they'd start fresh when the, when the system comes in. If you had any alcohol-related charges, you wouldn't be able to buy alcohol for a designated period of time, which is a great idea. And also, the question would be, does that mean that the current existing uh, alcohol restrictions are then um, become void? So would we start selling... Uh, Will we end all restrictions on how many full strength cartons and how much wine and spirits you can buy and it just becomes in line with what's happening in the rest of the country and we can just buy as much alcohol as you want to and we'll also uh, phase out the ban on on Sunday trading. Would we, add, would we be able to have bottle shops open on Sundays again like everywhere else in the country because that's a pretty big deal for the town, you know, that's what people have been whinging about and harping, about, harping on about for, for ages now. So... Again, I've spoken to people who, who are sort of in the know and, and know as many details as there is to know right now, but there's actually not a lot of details at this stage. There's, so the, the system won't be run by the government. It, it, I guess it goes out to tender. So there's people who run this kind of system who put it in place and that system is out for, out for tender at the moment. So someone will obviously get the contract and then they'll have to uh, roll out this new system and then you know there's a bunch of questions I really once this detail start to emerge I really want to um, get some people who know what they're talking about on the podcast I'd love to have um, some of the guys from the local uh, bottle shops on to, to chat about it from their point of view but the question will be you know is, are they going to overlap the two systems for a period of time while the register comes into effect like would you have for the first six months alcohol restrictions and a register or would you just cut all alcohol, restri- alcohol restrictions straight away and then start up the register and then if you do that are we going to have to have a period of time where there's more resources uh, designated to you know alcohol related violence um, because you know there's, you, you would think there's going to be a spike when all restrictions that we've had for you know years and years and years in this town just get stripped back and we're just on a register system that obviously those people who are going to become alcohol related offenders it's going to take a while for those people to to fuck up and get caught and get charged before that they before it comes into effect that they can't buy alcohol anymore so the way i see it in my mind is that there would be a surge of uh um, events or incidences I guess until those people started to pop up on the radar I've always kind of thought in my mind it would take a full calendar year to really get 80% of the people who are causing trouble on the register before it really takes effect so with that in mind do they overlap the two systems and say for the first six to eight months we still have alcohol restrictions maybe maybe for the first um Maybe the first thing they do is drop the Sunday, the ban on Sunday trading, so they open up the bottle on Sunday trading, but then they keep the restrictions on how much alcohol you can buy. Then after six to eight months, you, you, you strip back restrictions to what they used to be, and then maybe at the, final, the, the end of the 12-month period, you just release all the restrictions completely and just have the register, and by then, hopefully, the people who are going to be on that register have been 
put in the system by then. I don't know, I don't know how it works. So again, when more information comes up about that, I'm gonna speak to some of the local bottle shop owners around town, not so much BWS and, and Liquorland, obviously they're just owned by the big corporations, but the guys, the little guys from Northwest Liquor, and probably Northwest Liquor, they're just down the road from me, old mate lives on my street here. Um, so I'll probably get hold of him and, and see if he wants to come on the podcast and have a chat about it and just see what it's like running a small business like that with all those restrictions on you and your bottle shop can get shut down at the drop of a hat on a Friday or Saturday, which is your main trading days and you're allowed to open on Sundays. And what's that like running a business under those circumstances? And if this um, register comes in, I think they're going to trial it for two years and all the other restrictions are peeled back. How much of a positive effect is that going to have on their business plan? What, that, what does that mean they're going to be able to do? Um, differently you know um it's there's a lot of a knock a big knock-on effect and obviously there'll be a negative knock-on effect in some d- um, degree as well um and so there's also the question of of how they're gonna um law enforcement and and, and government and hospitals and everyone are going to deal with uh, the, the other side of the coin that the effects that come out of this so yeah a lot of it's an interesting time man and something that we've been harping on about for a long time so i will follow it closely and won't just let it blow under the radar or take it for granted that oh yes yeah, we've got to register now I think it's pretty cool I think that that means people someone somewhere has been listening to the people and things are starting to um, change in a positive direction as far as that particular legis- legislation is reco- um, is is concerned so that's pretty cool and I think that those the information will be about two or three months away um, from what I can from what I can garner so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens up around that man it's pretty cool pretty cool we don't know a whole lot right now uh you know and aside from uh, from that i think there's a lot of positive things happening in town the town seems to be filling up um i know that we're certainly getting a lot of housing ready for for bhp at the moment there seems to be a bit more of a push on that at the moment um it would be good if we move further away from fifo town and back more back into an actual working town where people live here and bring their families here and keep their money here and then the services that all that go with that that would be ideal um so hopefully that's the direction the town's moving in uh, at the moment and i mean i just think in general the town's trending upwards so obviously there's more work there's more money with work, more work more money comes more services um, I know the the daycare systems in town are in need of a massive overhaul. There's some work going on right now. One of the libraries has been turned into a daycare. I think there's another upgrade going on one of the other daycares in South Hedland. Um, you know, I just know that the funding for uh, YMCA, I, I believe they're no longer getting funding from BHP, and they are. It's my kids go there, man, and it's like. Uh, dire straits in there all the time they're always understaffed people are always coming and going the air cons are broken more often than they're fixed i mean this is where we send our kids to be looked after all day long and you walk in there and it's fucking the hottest place in town it's the hottest building in town and that's where we send our kids to be looked after um there are as i said they're understaffed which causes problems on its own um overpriced i mean these pricks will charge you on a public holiday when they're not even open. You get charged full rate on a public holiday when your kids can't go there because the centre's not open. Same with, same with when you go on holidays, they charge you full rate for the whole time that you're away, even if you give them two or three months uh, notice in advance, and then they'll sell you, hire your spot out to somebody else and make double the money on top of you. So there's some weird shit going on. I don't know any other business model that runs like that where you can uh, charge people for a service not offered, uh, and you, yeah... And I just said to have free run of the place, and then on top of that, expensive charging you when you when they're not there, and then on top of that, 
getting a poor quality of care because they can't keep staff and they can't keep the fucking aircons running. It's it's pretty weird. You know, they don't even have a full-time cleaner down there. And I hate to shit all over YMCA, man. I, I know a lot of the girls, you know, I love them. They're lovely people. I'm not shitting on the workers there. It's the system. It's the whole way the place is set up. They don't even have a cleaner there. So they've got however many kids, 20 kids or something plus in each room, young toddler kids shitting themselves, pissing everywhere, making a mess with food, just doing what kids and toddlers do, trashing the joint, and there's no professional cleaner. The girls who work there have to clean up after the kids every single day, and I know what it's like to keep a house with just two kids clean, let alone have 20 or 30 little bastards running around shitting all over the joint, and then just have girls who aren't trained cleaners cleaning up as well as looking after the kids at the same time. It's friggin' atrocious, man. I was appalled when I found that out. I would have thought that... I mean, if not every single day, three times a week at least, you'd have professional cleaners come in and just bleach the shit out of that place and clean the fuck out of it. But no, not so. It doesn't happen. So, and with the daycare services to ease some of the tension because it's, everything, it's always so booked out, people can't go back to work sometimes because they can't get spots for their kids to, you know, in, to, in, in the daycares around town. I think BHP are opening up a lot of home daycares at the moment, so there'll be people with BHP housing and then they get all the, the houses um, brought up to a spec where they can have daycares at them and then these women who are working for BHP or whatever have uh, um, obviously I think they can have up to eight people um, eight kids under one care at their house and there's a bunch of those spots, spots around the place at the moment so I suppose in some capacity there is things happening with the daycare but for the general public who don't work at BHP and just want to have a good reliable affordable daycare in town it's it's kind of struggle town at the moment there's only a couple of good ones and, it's, and getting into them is like yeah good luck sort of thing you know um, but I mean it's it does seem like Commissioner Fred Reebling, who we've got at the moment you know the council's been suspended uh, for another year or something like that I believe he seems to be getting shit done, and I guess there's people who are of two minds about that. People say he's not from the town. He comes in and just proves all sorts of things and doesn't understand the politics around it and uh, the resources needed to get things done and what that knock-on effect's going to be and what the local argument's going to be. But they have the chance. People have the chance to put those arguments forward and to have their side of the story heard. And, and, and the, the bottom line is that the, the council that we had, they weren't getting anything done. They've been, they've been infamously incompetent for, for years and years and years and craft I left us behind in the boom because they had a good council who got things done got things built got things across the board had money spent and, and pushed into the right direction we don't have a not like we're a council with uh, money problems we're a council with a lot of money and that money needs to start needs to start to be spent back in the community and I think that that's what's happening at the moment whether it's the ideal setup having a commissioner from out of town do that or not I don't know I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of it uh, there's people who know those things a lot more than me. I'm just an idiot, mate. I don't actually understand all that, that, but I know from the outside looking in, shit's starting to happen around town, and it's noticeable. You drive around, you see parks that are being built, you see grants that are being given for certain works, you see things like the marina going ahead, you, know, you see things that are being talked about, spoken about, and we all know need to be done. You see that shit getting done. So I, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Um, Yeah get old mate in there let him fucking put the big tick next to everything and, and let's see what happens with this town in the next five years man I think it's an exciting time we've been through the boom we've been been through the lull and we're definitely going back into something in between the two of them at the moment where, where we've got a few things happening 
Well, we are talking about that, though. Um, one thing that the council could definitely organise at the moment would be one of those um, green waste verge side collections, eh? We've had a fair bit of rough weather lately, even though we haven't had a cyclone come through. There's fucking trees and leaves and shit all over the place, all over my yard, all over the street, all over town. It'd be a good time to have one of those green side verge collections so, as, as well. So, um, yeah, if you're online, if you're an active person on, on socials and things like that, then make your voice known. Let people know, hey, come on, let's have a... When, 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 when are we having the next green... Um, uh, green verge side collection period happening around here which would be great and you know speaking about that we've had a really actually ha- I feel like we've had a real wet season here for once well, people are always whinging and I'm one of them about how we live in a, um, a, a part of the world with a wet and a dry season but we only ever seem to get a dry season and then it's just a hot as fuck summer we never really get a proper wet season where it's raining quite often and I think we've had that this year you know it's been really good we've had a fair bit of rain spread out over the whole season mostly this year I guess but a fair bit of rain um, it's been muggy and humid as fuck in between which is what you get when you have a wet season and, and I'm actually loving it you know I'm, I work outside man so I've been getting both sides of the coin I've been getting flogged by the humid weather and just drenched all day long which is normally only maybe oh, maybe a month of the you, know, you get that for about maybe a month each year of that kind of weather it's just been flat out now since sort of December, even November last year, hot, humid, muggy. But, man, I'm loving the rain, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal dry season, camping season this year. I think that people aren't talking about that enough, that we're going to get out to our favourite spots out out bush, and the temperatures, the weather's going to be fucking beautiful, and all the water holes are going to be full, and some of the rivers, uh, the creeks are still going to be running, and it's just going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal year, man. I'm really looking forward to that. And we're doing the hard yards for it now getting fucking rain come through all the time and and, and um, making everything hot and muggy but it's going to be a good camping season headlanders so fucking pilbara's people in 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 general so just get, if you're always talking about i oh, need to get out camping and we need to get out camping more do it this year get out this year get the family out uh, hook up with some other families like myself who, who who like to get out and and amongst it and go out to some really great spots and just yeah, experience the fucking Pilbara in a year that's going to be a pearler. I'm telling you, it's going to be a pearler. So I'm, I'm excited about that, hey. Um, look, I'm not going to go on for too much longer. Just a solo mission. I suppose these solo missions will be a little bit tighter. Um, 45 minutes seems, half an hour to 45 minutes seems a good amount of time for me to sit here and talk shit on my own unless I'm doing a specific album review or something like that. Um, but uh, there's a few things I want to hit before I go. Look, man, this fucking coronavirus... They're talking about it becoming a pandemic soon. Now, I don't know what that means, uh, but it doesn't sound good. Um, and basically, I spoke about, I joked about last week how I went to the uh, down to the um, cruise ship markets. Well, we went down to, to the Esplanade with my boy last weekend and had the cruise ship markets on. And um, we bailed out because I just had it in the back of my head about what if someone on this cruise ship had coronavirus? Because you get that. It's the and I know I'm an idiot. If you're sitting there listening to this, you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. Um, but it was in the back of my head, man. And um, uh, that's what the media does. They harp on about things and uh, always bad things, always scary things, and they put it in people's minds. And I see it happen all the time across the board with different things. And the people are freaking out about this and freaking out about that. And I think that's one of the problems with social media and and just data ex- uh, exchange and the internet. Yeah, on the internet in general these days is that we've got too much information coming from too many different places too often. There's news story after news story after news story. It's all fucking bad news. 
and, and we're not built to, to take on information like that. It, everything happens so quickly. You know, we used to wake up and you'd read your local paper and there'd be a, a big story going on in your, in your city, maybe a big story going on nationwide. There's always a couple of one or two big stories going on around the world that you, you'd, you'd hear about and then a few little local stories here and there and that was it and that was enough. But now with social media and on your newsfeed, it's just bad story after bad story after bad story from this place, from that place. It all seems so hopeless, so helpless and, and people think that it's actually a horrible time to be alive. What's that world coming to? It is not. It's probably the best time to be alive in the history of humankind because the human, the, the standard of, of human rights um, is so high right now. It's never been as high before. Our, our standard of living, the, the, and I know there's some horrible things going on around the world, but it is better in most places than it ever has been in, in, in any recorded time in history because of medical science and data sharing and, and uh, you know, um, uh, development technologies in agriculture and storing of food, all that kind of shit, fighting of diseases, yada, 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 yada. It's a great time to be alive, man. But it seems like such a horrible time to be alive because we, we get overloaded with fucking horrible news stories all the time and I just try to avoid it, man. I think there's enough going on in my life, in my house, in my town, in my family, and that's enough to keep my plate more than full. Slopping over the sides. Why do I want to go, go um, busying myself with what's happening around the, the world on a, on, a, on a micro, macro scale, um, you know, on top of all that. And there's people who do, and there's people who are warriors, social justice warriors, and I know I mean real social justice warriors who are actually doing good in the world, and people who are out looking after others who are less fortunate than them, and they're running fundraisers, and they're over there volunteering and helping people. And those people are fucking saints and good on them. But that's not all of us. We can't all do that. Some people just go look after their own backyard, man. Um, and I went on a bit of a tangent there, but the point was, the media get inside your head, man. And they're in, yeah, And on this one, I have to admit, it is inside my head a little bit because I think about you know people coming into this town off off um, ships coming straight out of China and other other Southeast Asian uh, Southeast Asian countries um, coming into the the, 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 the to the shops around us as well. And what's the quarantine period like? And we don't know the conditions that they're coming in coming over here in and where they're coming from and then there's the other side of the coin is I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to Bali next month and Bali's got something Indonesia has something like 250 million people right as a country and no reported cases of coronavirus yet um, and the the World Health Organization specialists are saying that they should have had at least just doing the numbers they should have had at least five reported cases by now so there's a little bit of a concern that they're not being completely honest about um, the virus in Indonesia and they're also speaking to healthcare professionals over there who are saying straight out we are not prepared to deal with an outbreak here they don't have the facilities they don't have all the, the um, correct um, clothing and masks and, 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 and zero pressured um, sick rooms and things like that to contain patients and um, it's a pretty scary idea, man, to go over there where, you know, you can be cheek and jowl with people at times on planes, in airports, walking down the street in Indonesia, in Bali, with two young kids in a country that maybe not may not be handling the situation um, to the best of the Western world or, you know, the first world's expectations. So, I don't know, man, I, I do have to think about that. It's in the back of my head a little bit. I'm going to have to follow the news story closely leading up to that if I wasn't going on holiday it probably wouldn't bother me so much it probably wouldn't bother me at all really but that is in the back of my head a little bit I'd hate to go away and get sick get my kids sick man um, 
so yeah, we'll just keep I'll just keep an eye on that for now and, and see what happens with it. But you know, they did ban, they did ban flights to and from China pretty early on in the piece. They're kind of pretty cut through it over there in, in in Indonesia, and that has had a big effect on tourism. It's I think one in six tourists in in Bali are from China, which I had no idea. You don't see them, but apparently that's the numbers 1.6 one in six tourists in in um, bali is is uh, from china so it's had a big effect on the tourism industry over there but they've been quite cutthroat about it and just shut the doors to people um early on in the piece when the when the outbreak happened so i don't know maybe they've got a, a, a hold on it and maybe it won't they won't have an outbreak over there in indonesia and i really hope not because um i just want to go to bali and just go poolside and hang out with the kids and the missus and have fun man but i don't know we'll see what happens hey and hey, do you know, this is how, my, honestly, I, t- I keep telling people I'm a fucking idiot. I really am. My mind works in just the most messed up ways. I was thinking about, imagine if, like, this this virus mutates and becomes, like, one of those uh, like Resident Evil or, or, like, one of those, you know, zombie films where, like, people die from the virus and they start coming back alive and it's, like, some sort of fucking apocalyptic event. How fucking, like, as fucked up as that would be, hear me out, as fucked up as that would be, it would be pretty exciting, wouldn't it, to be, like, alive for an apocalypse, man, and just fucking the life as we know falls apart and fucking communications with all the other countries are cut off and we have to have to become self-sufficient, you know, and there's, don't get me wrong, there's a bunch of skills I'd have to learn. I'd have to learn how to hunt and fucking kill food for myself to, to support my family, but I'm a survivor, man. I reckon I'd figure it out. We'd have to fuck off out of the main set town and head somewhere a little bit more rural so you're getting away from other people. There'd be raiders and marauders and people trying to take your shit. You'd have to get like a bit of a kit going and head out bush somewhere. Like I said, you'd have to learn how to hunt. We'd be eating goanna and shit for sure. Near the old spear gun, be doing a bit of fishing and spearing. But I reckon I'd survive, man. I reckon... <sighs> Robinsons are survivors, right? That's just what we are. Some people are like that. You adapt, you learn, you survive. You, you know, even though I said I don't have the appropriate skills at the moment, I know I'd fucking learn, mate. We'd figure it out. I tell you what, though, I'm a little bit worried. I'd be a bit worried about my wife. She comes from um, like a weaker genetic pool than me. They're not exactly survivors over there. They get a lot of like allergic like reactions to things and like a, 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 what do you call it? Um, intolerances and you know like yeah this is not built of the same kind of uh, stuff as we are on my side of the the family so i'll be a little bit worried about that and one thing that freaks me out is has she infected my kids with those weaker genes or have they got the good robinson genes so i mean there'd be a lot of telling moments there if the apocalypse broke out we had to go rogue and go out bush with the dogs and the cats and you know um, my fishing gear and I'd have to get hold of like I probably need to get a bow and arrow you wouldn't want to be relying on bullets and shit I'd have to get a, a compound bow and I had a fire as well but a lot of things would bubble to the surface um, as I said I'd be worried about my wife I'd be trying to protect her as much because she doesn't have the same kind of genetic makeup you know but I'd just be worried if the, hopefully she hasn't infected my kids with that those those weaker genes you know, you know so I don't know there's, a bit, there's, not, there's something to think about there Look at your family, look at your close friends, the people around you. Start making a bit of a, a, a posse up in your head. You're going to want to band together in small groups of probably about, I'd say, 10 to 15 max. You don't want them to be too big and the politics start getting involved. 
Um, 10 to 15 would be a good group. You need some good leaders amongst you, some people with some good skills, hunting, fishing, cooking would be good. Uh, you probably want a nurse or a doctor in your group. Uh, an engineer wouldn't be bad at all, someone who can get hold of some other bits and pieces lying around and help like use batteries to like charge up your, um, your infrastructure and things like that. But just start, just in the back of your mind, don't obsess over it. You know, I know this is a far-fetched idea, but just in the back of your mind, just start looking around at the people you work with and hang out with and people you drink with and think, you know, that can't be good in a fucking apocalyptic uh, environment. I might just keep him on my short list. Just keep an eye and just keep an eye for those weak, the weak links as well. You, know, you don't want to be carrying extra baggage out in the fucking middle of nowhere when the world's coming to an end and you're babysitting other people. You want them, every person there has to have a function. The kids, we can look after. The people, you've got to have a function. My, my missus is alright because she's a nurse. It's not that she doesn't have skills. I just worry about her genetic makeup, whether she could handle an outbreak and an apocalypse in the, on that scale. I'd look after it with my best of my ability, don't get me wrong, but you just gotta worry about these things. So as I said, don't obsess over it, but just in the back of your mind, have a little mental list. Who do you wanna take out, bush with you into the apocalypse? There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good solid people around in the Pilbara, people who can be very, very handy. If you're down in Perth, you got a lot of, a lot of dead weight down the city. I'm just going to put it that way. There's a lot of dead weight. So be really picky, you know, to cultivate those friendships and relationships with people that are going to be really handy. Because I just don't want to be stress anyone out too much, but there's a, you know, I'd say a 10 to 15% chance that the apocalypse is coming. So anyway, just sort of throw that out there. We'll finish on that note. Um, I want to thank everybody here for listening. Um, yeah, man, I'll have some more guests on soon if the apocalypse doesn't come and wipe us all out, but I'll, I'll probably be able to get some sort of battery to then run and charge my, my laptop off and then hopefully the, the, the central network services where the internet is uh, broadcast from around the country, hopefully that doesn't go down so we can still shoot out. You know, uh, Maybe I'd be going to ham radio. Let's put it that way. If everything goes falls to pieces, um, the podcast will survive. You can believe that, the Average Man podcast. We'll call them the Apocalyptic Man Podcast. Might be a name change, a bit of a brand change there. And I'll find like a good ham radio. You can imagine like going to some old shed, fucking a deserted fucking station somewhere out the back of the Pilbara and you like open the rusty door and you find like a few good bits and pieces to put inside your kit. There's an old radio there and you're... And go through all the stations and then I'm pops my voice and there's Davo out in the middle of the bush talking shit, fucking having a few beers with his little crew that he's got set up that he's like hooked up with and head out and we'll be fucking trying to band together different groups of people and like meet somewhere for a new civilization that we'll get together so just keep an eye out for that one too the apocalyptic man I reckon we'll call it um, I reckon I've lost my marbles completely at this point so I'm going to let you all go thanks for li- listening we'll have some guests on pretty damn soon I'll, I'll shoot the um, information out over the socials average man episode number 63 tricked that's it man over and out See ya.